hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Is That So? And remember, Is That So-ness is about equanimity and it's also about diving deeper, diving deeper, understanding who you truly are, living in that truth that you discover. So being lit for life. So we all about embracing that lit effect, going down this intentional route of self-discovery, because no matter who you speak to, you can speak to a lot of people in different professions. And you will hear a range of experiences. Some will say that they love their profession. Some will tell you that they regret being in their profession. But if you go down the road of self-discovery, you will not find one person that will ever tell you that they regret going down the road of self-discovery. And so a continuation of that theme where we're exploring the shadows this season, season three of Is That So? We're exploring the shadows. I had to invite recent guests back on. Y'all familiar with her, Miss Renee Bergman, functional health practitioner. And y'all can go to our website, megaphonefunctionalhealth.com. Check out on Instagram at Megaphone Functional Health or at on Facebook at Megaphone Functional Health. And if you're trying to get her on her email, it's Renee at megaphonefunctionalhealth.com. I will have these links at the bottom. No worries to those of y'all who are listening and driving. All right. So without further ado, I'm going to invite uh, Ms. Renee in, but she's come in today to talk about specifically the Enneagram and how the Enneagram can assist us in facing these shadows that appear to be so challenging at times that show up in triggered moments. And, and for me, a trigger is no more than a trail ho- a trailhead for further exploration. And so my triggers, when I do, when I am triggered, I don't project that onto the other or onto the situation. I see it as an opportunity for me to explore something about myself. And so I give thanks for my trigger. No, it doesn't have to feel good for me to give thanks and have gratitude for it. That's the entire point of me saying this is that you don't have to wait for something pleasurable to give thanks. You can actually give thanks during the rain too, knowing that the rain, the rainy seasons in your life is necessary. And that too will produce fruit and no fruit would be produced if it were not for that rain. So we're grateful for that. The Enneagram is one of those tools that are used to understand the terrain of your, the terrain, excuse me, of your heart on this path to self-discovery, as I understand it. The longest distance any of us will ever take is the distance from our head to our hearts. Unfortunately, many of us will live and go to our grave with regrets because we've chosen or being born or being chosen every single day or choosing because we're all born to be outliers. All of us are born outliers. You can't find one person with the same set of fingerprints. We're all born to be outliers. So many of us outliers are realizing that we've been born to be an outlier and are choosing to lean into our truth, no matter how difficult it may be. The Enneagram is one of those tools for you to do that. And so on this show, I brought back my special guest, Renee Bergman. She's excellent, y'all. Please, please go check her out. Check her side out. I wouldn't have her on the season. Definitely wouldn't have her on here twice if I didn't believe in her. But she's going to talk to us about the Enneagram and how really we're going to explore my Enneagram. I'm going to put my business out there for once. All right. I say for once. I don't know how much of my business out there. Maybe I put it out there more than once. But the bottom line is we about to get deep in Harry World with this Enneagram because we're about to. She's about to teach me about the Enneagram, teach y'all about the Enneagram by using my Enneagram as a case study. Hello. Welcome. Welcome to the Is That So show for the second time. Yes. You know? So glad to be back. I am. It, I'm so happy to have you here, sister. And just in case 
people didn't tune into the first one, which you need to be tuning into if you have not done so yet, because it was off the chain. Can you just give the people a little bit about yourself? Can you tell the people a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. I'm a functional health practitioner and I get to root causes of why people are struggling physically with autoimmune disorders, hormone disruptions, gut dysfunction, but I do it in a pretty specific way. I use a lot of looking back at what your experiences have been as a kid and in life and how that's impacted your body. So I know all of your listeners are really familiar with all this body keeping that score. We talked a ton about that on our first episode and just how much that body keeps that score. And so one of the tools that I use is the Enneagram. We just kind of barely touched on it last time a little bit about how we can use the Enneagram. So we, at the end, decided let's go ahead and jump in and do a whole session together talking about what the Enneagram is, how it really aid you in understanding your shadows and how that impacts your physical health and how to really merge all those worlds together. Mm, um, seems as I need to add Renee as a co-host on here, because she she introduced that. Oh, man, you killed that. You killed that. <laughs> you killed that. I appreciate Great. the intro. Like I'm just, I'm looking at a professional and I'm learning and I'm taking notes. I appreciate you, sister. So Wonderful. let's dive into it. All, all right. right. How do you feel today? First off, you know what? I'm feeling good. I am. I've had a crazy roller coaster of a day, but altogether, I have a brand new puppy in my house, which who doesn't love a new puppy, right? Come on. on. And he's all snuggly and he just wants to be up and lick your face all the time. So, (laughs) yes, yes. I just want to show you love. No judgment, just love. (laughs) No judgment. I just love you. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, pets, pets, pets. We're human similar, right? But I believe we're moving to that stage and where we understand ourselves until the unconscious becomes conscious. It will direct our lives and we will call it fate. Sister, you take it from here. Yeah. So the Enneagram, we talked a little bit about what the Enneagram was last time. So let me kind of give you a little basic understanding. The Enneagram, it's a map for personal growth. It identifies nine different basic ways of relating to and perceiving the world. So Enneagram means Ennea nine and gram diagram. So it's a real simple nine diagrams. So nine different numbers that you can kind of fall into. Um, It accurately describes why you think, feel, and behave in particular ways based upon your core motivations. So understanding the Enneagram has the power to give you more self-awareness, more self-forgiveness, and more compassion for yourself and others. So it really is not a lot of personality tests get to here's all the things that you're really good at and here's how, you know, you, how the world takes you on and all of that. And those are really good tools, right? They, they really help us understand how we navigate in the world. But sometimes we need to really reflect and look inside and, and understand how we were created and what made us be who we are. And so the Enneagram really helps untangle some of that. It helps us understand our core fears, our core desires, our core weaknesses, and our core longings. And as you understand those, it helps you to move through these different paths of Here's what happens when I'm really unhealthy, when, I, when I'm not doing okay emotionally. Here's what happens when I'm sort of in a world of, I can't, I can't deal with what's going on in my world. Here's what happens in my number. But then here's what happens when I'm trying to grow, when I'm trying to really change and see if I can have some parts of my life be untangled and feel unearthed in some of the hard things that have happened in my life. And here's what's happened when I converge. So I talk about a converging path as this path of 
you've done a bunch of growth. Now you're really converging and being able to integrate who you are into others around your world without taking on their stuff, but to do it in a really healthy, balanced way to live in harmonious relationships, being willing to allow conflict to come and work through that without it having you shut down, knowing that others function different ways than you and being able to really grow in that and see your relationships flourish. So it has incredible power. One of the things that I think would be so great for us is, first of all, I want people to understand what number you are. And then I kind of want to talk about childhood messages, because I think this is a core piece to where we get our number and how that sort of impacts some of those shadows and the way that we interpreted life and and what that brought about. So you're a five on the Enneagram. That's your primary. Mm-hmm. Harry took the, the test and I have all his information and kind of what that means. And, Ooh, um, you, and you said five, it. which is the head type, right? Uh-huh. So the head type is the primary number. That's your primary number. Mm-hmm. Five. Okay. So the But the head type for anybody else, it would be located in the head type. Right. So everyone falls in in one number, particularly more than others. You might have a really, so what's cool about the Enneagram is like, you'll see the smattering of all the different numbers that you are. And they kind of help you break down, like you'll see how you have different parts of yourself in those different numbers. But what you're looking for is what's the core way that you really deal in life. And so that's your one number that tends to, when you're answering the questions, just come out above anything else of the the core longing and the core fears that are Mm. and core desires. And so that's how your number is sort of determined. And then we have, we have body types, we have heart types and we have head types and and there's three numbers in each of those. And Mm. so you're, you're a five and the five, let me kind of give you a little rundown of what the five is. Yeah. Cause I'm not Um, even looking at it. And then we're going to kind of dive in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about the five. Tell so me about myself. I've been needing somebody to tell me about myself. Yes, you're an <laughs> investigative thinker, which as soon as you sent me your, your information, I wasn't surprised at all. I was like, <laughs> oh, this makes so much sense that Harry, you're such a deep diver. You want to just get all the investigation going. You want to know all the knowledge. You love to just dive deep. I mean, I remember the first time I was on When Harry Met Daphne and you had all these books on your shelf, right? (laughs) They're on your desk while we're talking. And you're like referencing those books while we're talking. So it's it's just a natural part of who you are, right? It's kind of this like outpouring um, of you. And the the difficult part for fives is that their their core fear is being annihilated or invaded or not existing, being thought incapable or ignorant. Fives really fear having obligations placed upon you or on your energy that will completely deplete you. And that's the downside of that like real knowledge seeker is you are afraid that people won't see you as being really capable and smart. And so you just need to keep gaining knowledge. You have fear that you'll kind of, people will suck energy from you. Fives, a lot of times we talk about you have mana for the day. And once that mana runs out, it's all gone. So five, like certain people have this ability to go, man, I'm really tired. And then they go, but I'm going to just keep going. I can keep pushing. Sevens and eights are like that. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. It's not a good thing. It's like, I like push myself to exhaustion, which everybody has the ability to do that. But like for fives, usually your day, you you have this allotted amount of energy. And so you're always kind of trying to navigate 
this world of like, where am I giving my energy? And once it runs out, it's really hard for you to like rally and keep going. Does that feel like pretty accurate for who you are? Just uh, Okay. Let me just cut out the dramatics. This is it's just amazing. Synchronicity. So again, I studied, I used a tool of human design, right? To try to understand uh-huh. myself. And that's, the, so my title there, what my, my type there is a mental projector. And as a projector, okay. they said that I had very limited amounts of energy and that really my interaction with other people should, I should limit it to max one-to-one, three, at max four hours a day. The rest of the time is me through me sensing and experiencing the world and reading because I'm designed to consume large quantities of information too. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just crazy? It, it is this, one of the things that I think is really cool about the Enneagram, this is a little bit of a tangent, but I think people will really find this intriguing. The Enneagram comes from oral tradition. So we actually don't know when it kind of started. And now, you know, there's a lot of information that's written down and there's books and things like that. For a long, long time, like hundreds and hundreds of years, it was all passed through oral tradition. It was Mm. passed through hearing and like listening to your type. So I actually, when I learned the Enneagram, I listened to this entire series of Richard Rohr teaching on it. And Mm. it was fascinating to listen to who I was and to have someone really, who was really good at kind of storytelling and, and massaging what all the pieces of it were through auditory exploration for me to really almost digest it. Because when you're reading something, you're reading for knowledge, but a lot of times when you're listening, you're listening for enrichment. And so there's this interesting thing that happens when you listen to it. So I actually Mm -hmm. love that we're doing this by podcast Mm -hmm. because it's so good to listen for enrichment. I think that we are designed to be someone that is spoken over. We're designed to really have people give wisdom and truth over us. And Mm -hmm. some of the best ways to do that is through words, right? Words of affirmation, words of challenge, words of love and and pushing you to grow. All those things come Mm -hmm. and are really beautiful when they're done in this Mm -hmm. way, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm with you, um, yeah. Okay, let me let me jump back into kind of your your core desires. Okay. So we've got core desires, then core weakness, then core longing. Mm-hmm. So your core desires are being capable and competent, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then your your core weakness is avarice. So feeling you lack inner resources and that too much interaction with others will lead to catastrophic depletion. So withholding yourself from contact with the world. And holding onto your resources and minimizing your needs. And so that's where some of that needing to find those balance between being with people and being alone. And then it's important for you to understand your core longing is that your needs aren't a problem. And this is like a really good segue into how do you kind of become the number that you are? How does this happen? And and I think this is a really good thing for all of us to really think through and think about like, how do you become who you are and what shapes you? And we can answer the like really easy answers of like your parents and teachers and people around you. And, th- and that's all true. But what about being with them shaped you and changed you? And so your needs aren't a problem. As a child, you may have, may have had some different childhood messages that were communicated to you. So there's three different childhood messages that all of us have experienced. Mm-hmm. One is wounding messages. 
So wounding messages are messages that arrive with an intent to harm or perceive harm. So one of the great examples that I love is like Harry Potter. When Harry Potter in the series, when his uncle Vernon locks Harry in the closet, his uncle's intent wasn't to correct Harry or care for Harry, but to be mean and punish him. So that was a very wounding message to Harry. And I like using that example because it's it, it's like, it's a book series. We're, we're not talking about a very specific instance, right? We know in, in real world, like that's a really, really damaging thing to place a child in a closet, right? Yes. So like in the series, it's kind of, it's, it's talked about in this kind of floaty way that it's okay, but look, Harry turned out okay. Yeah. But- he wasn't okay, right? No yes. child should ever be placed in the closet. And so a wounding message is oftentimes people that have had abuse. And so they've received a lot of wounding messages. So like for my own personal story, it was like, I, I was actually abused by a parent. And so that, that created wounding messages. And so for you, you might've had, had some different things that happened and it's not always a parent. Sometimes it's a teacher. Sometimes you're like a, you have a certain personality and, and like adults in general kind of respond to you in a certain way, right? Like a child can, can perceive things in that way. And so those wounding messages are, are things that get really entwined into our being, right? And so a wounding message for a five ends up being that it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. Mm. And so you kind of hide in your books right? You sort of are looking for a place to hide. You don't feel super comfortable in your world. And so wounding messages can do that. Mm. The next one is injuring messages. So injuring messages result from something harmful that happens with no ill intent. So like an injuring message might be a child is sent to the room for a timeout to think about what they've done. And then a parent accidentally forgets them. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I've ever done that for my kids when they were little. So like a three-year-old, can you say, you can't do that. You can't break that on purpose. So I want you to go sit in your room and think about it. And then you get busy and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, I left them in there. Well, that child has something that kind of injures them, but it wasn't this like in, in the child didn't feel like you were intentionally going after them necessarily, but there's still something that's left there. Right. And injuring messages oftentimes are things that we have an easier time wrapping our mind around and being able to process. So like a wounding message is something that is major trauma that, or, or minor traumas that our brain can't really process and has a pretty hard time managing. And that's where a lot of difficult voices in your head telling you that you're not enough, that you're not good, that you should just go away. All those things, like some of those messagings that we hear in our head that we're pretty embarrassed to ever talk about. Where like injuring messages are something that we're like, man, I understand that my parents like did things that were out of, that weren't out of ill intent. They had some consequences for me because they're not perfect. Mm -hmm. And so I've got to work through those, but I don't feel this like huge need to confront my parents over that. Right. I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't confront my mom because she forgot me in a room while I had been punished. And I was like three maybe I was a little older, maybe I was eight. And I remembered you forgot to come and talk to me about it right now. If that was like a pattern, maybe that was more wounding message, but you, you get what I'm saying. There's like these things that we perceive as a child. And so they do have an impact and a footprint, but our brain has an easier time 
separating them and navigating through them and being able to cognitively go, I understand how that happened and that I can move through that. And then in uh, influencing, go ahead, go ahead. Oh, oh, no, no, no. I didn't want to stop your flow. You wait. Okay. So influencing message. So this is the final one. So because th- these are the three ones, the wounding message, the injuring message, and then the influencing message. So the influencing message, these are the positive ones. This might be sending a child to a quiet place to help them stop an inappropriate behavior. And they may feel alone at the time, but when they reconnect with the parent, they're reassured that their timeout was for a purpose and that they're loved and cherished. So this is like influencing messages are when your parent really was shining and did a great job parenting you. And hey, we're going to have a timeout. That was not an okay behavior. But when we come back together, we're going to talk about it. And I'm going to hug you. And I'm going to tell you how much I love you. And I'm going to tell you that I always forgive you and that my love is never conditional upon what you do. Mm-hmm. And so those influencing messages are the messages that have the power to just really create a dynamic adult, right? They're That's the message we really want to give to our kids. So there's four styles of parenting. Well, one 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 theorist put together four styles of parenting, but yeah. the authoritative is what it sounds like. Not the authoritarian style, but the authoritative yeah. where there's an equal mm-hmm. amount of expectations, but at the same time, that nurturing is still there. Yeah. You know? Right, so, because discipline is still important. Mm-hmm. Like it, you still you needed discipline as a child, mm-hmm. but sometimes our you know different adults in our life, their form of discipline was not done well. And so that's when we see those wounding messages, those injuring messages, and those influencing messages. Yes. Yes. Okay. All right. Ooh, I'm, I'm learning. If you're seeking a life coach, nocturnal therapist is the name and mental alchemy is the game. If you want to understand how to transmute, transform, and transcend these challenges and these challenging emotions, find me at the School of Outliers at becomingoutlier.com slash links. Again, that's becomingoutlier.com slash links. Stay lit and agape. So tell me what you think about all that. How's that? How's that flow for you when you kind of reflect? Let's know about Harry. Do you have so, any things that pop into your mind? That's exactly what I was about to hit on. When you say wounding messages, because I'm taking notes over here. Wounding messages, injury messages, and influencing messages. Well, the wounding messages in, in the example that you gave, it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. And so I, I had sat with that as you were talking, and I was like, what was not okay? My mind. Mm. My mind. I always thought differently. Mm. And, and that was definitely groomed by my parents. They mm-hmm. supported that even though they could only understand to a certain extent. But even yeah, as parents, they could only understand to a certain extent. Being out there and my kid asked me to come play out. When are you coming out there and play with us, man? And and I respond to them with a Shakespearean quote. Kids weren't really. Fe- <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kids well, weren't really feeling that. <laughs> and here you have this like big stature of a man. And I'm sure you had some of that even as a kid that people are going to think, oh, what sport do you play? And you're mm. like, I read books. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's there's some pain in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and there's not like an intentionality necessarily. Obviously, I don't know your parents. And so everybody, you kind of have to like evaluate was there intentionality? Because sometimes there is intentionality when abuse has happened. But most times it's not intentional. It's, I think you touched on it. 
it was confusion. It was misunderstanding of, I don't, I don't understand my child because I'm not like this. And what I learned, you're unique. And this is what's so blessed, why I'm so blessed to be a therapist and then continue to go deeper when I learned about complex PTSD. And if you look in the complex PTSD workbook, I believe it's in there. One of the things that they have listed under traumas, besides like military losses, natural disasters, and whatever else you would think would be a trauma, being misunderstood. I said, well, I'll be, I have never in any book ever heard someone list being misunderstood as a trauma, but because it had it in there, I looked at it and I was like, Hmm. that's it. That, that probably influenced my behaviors with other people more than anything else. The big, the big T's, the little T, well, these were a bunch of little T's, but even more Mm -hmm. so than the big T's, the big traumas, what we would consider big traumas. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely, it it definitely, that one about it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. That one definitely reigns true. It's mm-hmm. not okay for me to express my ideas. It's not okay. It's not okay to be an outlier. Yeah. And fives, the message that fives really need to hear, their childhood message they need to hear is your needs aren't a problem. Mm. And I think that's because as fives, you probably were a complicated child because you were always like looking for more information and you were probably asking a lot of questions. You were probably a really great question asker. You probably really wanted to know how things worked and functioned. Maybe you even inserted yourselves into adult conversations more than, than other children. Mm. Right. Mm. And, but then what happens is like when kids are like that as a five, they're sort of pushed aside. Right. Cause in general, we push kids aside. We mm. think you don't have anything to add to this conversation right now. And so mm. you get, you, you understand I need to take care of my own needs. And so as an adult, you've got to work on my needs aren't a problem. Mm. It's okay to let people deal with my problems. I think back to you telling me about you going to Sedona when you kind of had just like a break mm. mentally, mm. and you probably went and went away by yourself, correct? I was going to go away, but my wife stopped me and she came with me. Okay. That's a yeah. good woman. <laughs> yes, she is. She's a great woman. <laughs> the <Yeah>. best woman. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's what you needed. You needed a, a partner to come alongside you and say, your problems and your breaking right now, that's not a problem. I want to be alongside you. And that's the beautiful work when you really get into the nitty gritty of some of the Enneagram stuff, but even just who we are as people, we mm. all need someone that's willing to come alongside us and say, you're not you're not too much. I love everything about you, even your broken side. And I'm willing to walk through things with you and your broken side, especially if you're willing to work, right? Mm. Like if you're willing to do the work, man, it just, it can do some phenomenal things in a relationship. So will you say that? And I guess thinking about this as well, it's, it's not okay to be comfortable in the world. I have had a natural ability to have people become comfortable around me. People just naturally get comfortable around me. Babies go to sleep when I come in the room, like mm-hmm. pets go to sleep when I come in the room, like everybody starts feeling safe when I come in the room. Right. And throughout my life, people relied on me for information. So I was always like that natural guide or therapist or whatever teacher. I was always that friend yeah. that they reached out to. And so part of the pain was who can I reach out to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Understand. My Mm -hmm. burden, my pain, me, my scars. And then, of course, there were experiences where attempts were made. And, of course, what you don't understand, you fear. Mm -hmm. 
But when you truly don't understand, if I'm not coming at you, a lot of people, if you stay surface level, if I'm not coming at you with a situation that's very common or in thinking about a situation that's very common, then it throws people off. I'll never forget my father. He said we were in public somewhere and he said he don't know what got into me, but he said I stood up on a bench and I just began talking. This is a, a child. I don't even remember it. But he said, I stood up on a bench and I began talking. And my, my father ain't played. Like, you, you, you behave in public. You definitely don't stand up on any bench. Mm-hmm. So he don't know what got into me that caused me to stand up on a bench. But he said, I began to speak. And he said, when I started to speak, a crowd got around. Mm-hmm. And he said, I couldn't even stop you. I didn't even really notice a crowd was forming because, and I know my father, he, knew he would react quickly if he thought we were out of line. And he definitely thought me standing on the bench was out of line, but he said that what I was hearing you speak, it sounded like you were like in your 60s mm-hmm. or seven. I think I think I might have been like eight, nine, 10, something like that. And he, and he said that's what caused the crowd, the adults to to farm as well, because they couldn't figure out how is this coming out of this child? Mm-hmm. Well, I got news for everybody. I don't know how it's coming out of this child. Either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those you are know? such defining moments in our life. Mm-hmm. It's not surprising that you went into the field that you went into. Mm, Right. I learned that through, Mm -hmm. also through human design. It Mm -hmm. said that I would be great as some type of leader, a life coach, therapist. And it also said I'm designed to filter people's energies through me. Mm -hmm. And so I need to be aware of that. And so when I'm feeling energy, that's not like baseline because my baseline is calm and neutral. Mm -hmm. If I'm feeling these intense emotions, first question I need to ask myself is, does this emotion even belong to me? Yeah. yeah, I was, it, it legit said I was just, I'm a mental projector and this is what's tripped me out. There's projectors, but then a mental projector is like a subtype under that where literally what's lit up is my throat, my throat chakra and my mind. And so according to human design, I was born to deliver a message and I have to that's deliver so that great. message. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, I know it's, it's crazy. And now yeah. I'm here on this podcast it's, it's, and I'm talking to you. I'm learning about my Enneagram and wounding messages, injury messages, influencing messages. Like this is it, yeah. it, the investigative, the investigative thinker. This, yeah. this is, please, is there any, is there anything else that stood out to you in the, while, while I have you, let me go on and you, <laughs> let me go and use your, get your expertise on this. What does it mean by like body type? What does that mean? To be a body type? Yeah. What does it mean? Like when it goes into body yeah. type? So when you go into the types, so we have a head type, a heart type, and a body type. So body types are driven by instinct and are in tune with their five senses. So it's how they're their primary means of gathering information. So Mm -hmm. body types are eight, nines, and ones. And for body types, typically their core emotion is anger. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So that doesn't necessarily mean that all body types experience anger frequently, It's just that some people who are body tapes repress their anger. And so they physically are very, they feel a lot. However, it's still a driving force in their thoughts and actions. Eights are pretty aggressive. Eights in general are the more bold and they like to fight. That's how they feel loved. Where nines are pretty reserved and kind of like hold back. But both of them... When they are like tipped off, anger is just like what comes out. And same with ones. So ones are really, they like everything in order. They're very detailed. There's only one right way way to do things. They're very black and white. So like justice oriented things for a one, they're going to react very physically. 
So there's, it's a real physical eights, nines, and ones are very physically reactive to the world. Mm. And so you also see like eights, nines, and ones tend to like to be in their bodies. Like they're eight, nines, and ones typically like, like a sport. They like to ride their bike. They like to do something physical. It feels really good to them to like physically use their body. So Where how do I head types, mine? Because I'm an eight, what? right? I'm, wait, I'm a you one. Know, you're a five. No, well, the the body, the body type. Oh, of your body type. Yeah. So of your body type, your your highest was a one. You were at 77%. And you probably, it doesn't mean that you necessarily are a one. It means you just have pieces of that. So you probably are someone that has some gut sensing. Mm -hmm. You probably use your gut to kind of feel things and sense things. But Mm -hmm. typically as a head type, because you're a head type, you're really driven by intellect and the tend to analyze and rationalize your emotions. So like when you have emotions, you're not physically feeling it. You want to come to a conclusion. So five, set six, and sevens are all head types. So I'm in the head type category as well. So I'm, I'm a thinker. So like when emotions come up, I want to think about them first. And I want to analyze why they're happening before I want to actually feel them and deal with them. And so fives as well. Fives are going to be more driven that your resource is scarce you don't have enough and you're going to use your brain to kind of like solve problems and to solve it. emotions. I get it. Yeah. So depending on where you score at, that breaks down whether what whether you're a head type, heart type or body type. Yes. And so we're under the umbrella, five, six and seven. They're under the umbrella of yes, head type. Yes, head type. Yeah. Got you. So you're Got five. So when you, when you do all of the different percentages of all numbers, all nine numbers, your five is a 98%. You're like totally a five. That's, that's your just core longing. When I take the test, I'm a 99.5% seven. (laughs) It's like hilarious. And and not everybody is like that. Not everybody is as, as extreme. I think that fives and sevens in general and threes. So threes, fives, and sevens tend to be the extreme. Because we're kind of the extreme of the Enneagram. We're those numbers that are sort of the extreme. Like you're the extreme head. Mm. I'm the extreme of just going all the time and and wanting to experience all the things in the world. I just, I want to take in as much as I can of the, what's all the experiences that I can possibly have. When I'm on vacation, I'm thinking about my next vacation. I'm planning the next one. It drives my husband bonkers. Because when we just be on this vacation, I'm like, I know, but look, there's a sale. For like in six months to come back here. And you stop. Just be here at this vacation. <laughs> yeah. And I'm noticing that mine is pretty high too for seven. I think it's at 88%. It is. Yeah. So this is interesting. So in the Enneagram, you have different pathways. So in, in unhealth, so fives, when you're really stressed, a five goes to seven in unhealth. So you take mm. on some of the seven characteristics. That's why that seven is probably high. It shows pretty high because a five kind of goes towards that seven unhealthy. So a five, when you're like not dealing with stuff and you're, you haven't done your work, you tend to have a bit of a racing mind. You're a little more scattered and restless. You tend to overbook your schedule. You take on too many new projects impulsively. You might become unfocused and distracted. Mm. You're a little less patient with people. Mm. And you might become like erratically absorbed with learning everything at a feverish pace. So Mm. probably in some of your most unhealthy moments, when you're struggling with some like emotional things, you're, 
your reaction was to like, just learn, 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 learn. Now those things can be turned to a positive, but it's, it's some of that unhealth. So you go to that seven in unhealth, but then in health, you go to an eight, which is interesting. And so the eight, which the eight you become, eights are really confident people. And so you take on some of their like self-confidence and assertiveness, more decisive. You're a little more active in your body. You take on some of the bodily stuff. You connect more with your emotions and your gut instincts. That's where some of that guttural comes Mm. from. You are better at trusting your own instincts, becoming bolder and quicker to take action. So less moving out of just the knowledge and just having it, but like actually acting in that knowledge. You're willing to Mm. act in the knowledge. Yeah. Become less isolated and more grounded in experiencing you just from the times that we've talked, I can tell you've done work because Mm. I can tell that you don't just learn things and, and hoard it. You're not a knowledge Mm. hoarder. You're Mm. in this space of like, how do I share this? Mm. How do I use that voice? And so Mm. fives, when they can do their work, it's really phenomenal to watch them be able to just share so much knowledge. They have so much to share. They're so good at digesting the knowledge and projecting it out and giving it to the world. So that's you're it. doing that. That's literally, if you study human design, that's why they call you know a, a mental projection. My understanding is you diet, you consume all of this information, and then you I put it together and project an, a new image, which is maybe a, just a little bit higher, not a little bit, a lot of bit higher, but a higher frequency. Yeah, um, yeah. Just because there's things that we need to solve in this world. There's global warming. There's the, the, yeah. the pandemic of loneliness and, and, and which I believe is an epidemic. So many people experiencing that. And we are projecting and blaming each other. And, and there's yeah. a there's a different there's a different route. We don't try love. So to yeah. so to get people to understand that this isn't some woo-woo stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there that talk that woo-woo stuff and whatever, whatever. Mm-hmm. I only talk on things that I actually believe in and if I believe in it, that means I did some work studying it. You know what I mean? And so as a true student of life, I feel a a connection and more obligation, I'd say, to put that that word out there, to teach, to help liberate. Ignorance yeah. and freedom can't coexist. So and yeah, you know, you, I think I think it's interesting. You you touch on this like idea of people saying things being woo-woo and out there. When you when you pull that thread of someone that that is moved by something that feels outside of their consciousness and whatnot. Oftentimes when you pull that thread, what it's really getting at is this desire to understand themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And to understand what is happening in their world around them. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it comes out in a wonky way and you're like, okay, well, I can dream that I have a million dollars and say I manifest, I'm going to be rich, but that's not actually going to happen unless mm-hmm. I do some right. work, right? right? And so there's this manifestation of like, why, why do you want to manifest that? What is that manifestation pulling at? Mm. And typically it's some kind of childhood wounding, mm. some kind of like lack of care that has been given, mm. lack of protection or resources. Mm. And so really like a lot of times those woo-woo things, you're like, if you pull that thread, you can actually get to the core of there's a longing there. And if you would do some work on that, that woo-woo can really lead you towards some really phenomenal coming into yourself and into healing and you've got to do the work though. Right. Right. So like that, I think that's where that woo woo word even comes from of people don't want to do the work. And so they're like, if I just think it, it'll happen. No, you got to actually do the work. So you got to like 
get down in there. You got to deal with the emotions, find a professional that knows how to pull things out of you and help work through stuff. But man, maybe you can do the work and become a millionaire if that's what your manifestation, you want that manifestation to be. But because you did the work and you, you figure out who you're supposed to be and you find out like what you're supposed to give to the world and that giving of the world produces financial resource, right? Yes. Yes. The manifestation. And and for those of y'all who are really seeking to understand manifestation real quick, I'll tell you that what it really is, is just a sexier way of saying cause and effect. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Because intentionality, this is why I say the code is, there's a code for everything. Like the code for water is H2O. My code for manifestation is combining thought, word, and deed. Gandhi yes. said happiness is, is when we combine thought, word, and deed. And so what manifestation is, is whenever you take that energy of thought and then transfer it to affirm that reality through your words, yeah. and then you begin to respond to that reality, there's a lot of intentionality that you're being done, that's being done, a lot of energy being poured into something that yet does not exist. But again, wherever attention goes, energy flows. And we know that everything consists of energy. So the more that you stare at this thing and intentionally respond to it, you're cueing to life that this is real for you. And so perception is reality. And so Mm -hmm. the more you stare at that, the more you respond to it, eventually it collapses Mm -hmm. from the metaphysical to the physical plane. But that's that's the magic of intentionality reflects a relationship and, and manifestation. But it requires you dancing with life and you making a choice and consistently choosing that. And you'll find that your path goes all over the place. I didn't expect Mm -hmm. to be on podcast talking to my sister right now. Like you go all over the place. But again, it's not it's not how you get there. It's just that you get there. And it even it's not even about the destination. It's about the process, Mm -hmm. the way that you travel. So that's what I'm saying. Don't you're going to get there wherever there is for you. You're going to get there. But really, this moment right now is meant for you to just be present and enjoy the process and understand what's being refined and and yeah. being pulled out through this process. Yeah, you know? totally. Sister. I love oh, it. Oh, my goodness. This is, this is so any any last takeaways Do we have anything else? We like we got it. I think. I love coaching people through this stuff. And so if you're interested in, in like diving in, I I do this as well. So all of my clients, I work through the Enneagram when we're working on physical, emotional pieces are such a big part of our physical illness. But sometimes I just have people that they're like, I just really want to go deeper into my Enneagram. And so I coach them all through that. And we really pull all the strings. I mean, we go down every growth path, down every what happens when you're unhealthy? How do we really pull those strings and start to see some progress mm-hmm. in relationship? And and what's amazing is, so I just had an Enneagram coaching call today with someone. And what's amazing is how physically you start to feel some relief when you do some of the, the emotional work. Now, it's not the whole thing that they're, they're all intertwined. You got to do both. You got to do all the work got to work on your things that you're doing throughout your day. Are you giving yourself good nourishment? Are you making sure you move your body and things like that? But if your mind is not okay and your heart is not okay, it doesn't matter how much you work out or what the heck you eat. It will do nothing for you. You've Mm -hmm. got to, you got to deal with the heart stuff and the head stuff. Mm -hmm. Those pieces are just, your body is just so integrated. You Mm -hmm. can't, them apart. And when you try to, you end up just a mess and going, I don't, I don't know why I still feel terrible. 
So if you're interested, I love to do Enneagram coaching. It's such a great tool to even understand. Do I have physical things that I need to work on as well? Yeah. Thank you so much, sister, for being on the show. And I appreciate it. So y'all got into my, y'all got into my Enneagram today and you you were definitely hitting on some points and gave me some insight. You gave me some stuff to to chew on, to to think about, but I'd see the parallels between this and, and what I've been studying about myself through the Yeah, and that occurred in my last like state of depression was the last last January, February, January, February, and I started to get out of it towards the end of February into March. But yeah, the the things that you said this this entire episode, this entire session, not knowing that my needs are not a burden, trusting that I could be open and vulnerable with 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 someone and them not break. You know what I mean, like these things. It's real. It's real. It's real. So I appreciate you so much, sister. I will say again, people, you can find her at www.megaphonefunctionalhealth.com. Renee at megaphonefunctionalhealth.com is the email and Instagram and Facebook, Megaphone Functional Health. Check her out. Make sure you like her pages. Make sure you follow her. Sign up for a mailing list. And if you want to understand more about the Enneagram, if you want to go deep into your Enneagram, I would definitely encourage you to seek her services out so she can go deep into that. Because until the unconscious becomes conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And mm-hmm. so to the outlier community, I just appreciate y'all. Thank you for supporting me. Thank you for listening to me. And hopefully this this session, I know it's been beneficial for me. Hopefully it's mm-hmm. been similarly beneficial for y'all. Continue to live in truth. Oh, and don't forget, we have the becomingoutlier.com uh, slash links. Go there and get your free guide to shadow work. I got a lot mm-hmm. of free things out there. Free meditations, free guide to shadow work. Check me out. And I'm just warming up. I'm lukewarm right now. Y'all about to see it in a second. I'm about to be blazing. But Sweet. check us out. Becomingoutlier.com slash links. Appreciate y'all. Stay lit. Stay living in your truth. Stay living in truth. Stay lit. Agape. I'm out. <laughs>